Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle Podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle Program, and I'm your host, Chris Angle. I'm the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. And the purpose of the philosophical angle is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media. Along with me is my co-host and colleague, Rick Samuelson. Rick, good to see you. Good to see you. This week we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about the, the concept of wherefore the superiority of Western culture. And uh, the application is the speech President Trump gave in Poland. And uh, when he was there, President uh, Trump pointed out that democracy and individual rights are facets of the superiority of, of Western culture, and he's right. The West became great, and I'm going to quote him, because people are allowed to chase their dreams and pursue their destinies. And secondly... President Trump emphasized the value of freedom. And consequently, the West has produced the world's most extensive culture and thus the world's greatest culture. And so uh, let's explore this and find out why I can say such a thing. First, culture is the production of all goods and services that a society produces. And therefore, uh, we can say that there are two types of culture. There is a sociological culture or a, a behavior culture. Uh, and, uh, that, uh, and a society produces that. Um, and, and the study of this would be called a, an ethnography. And then there's a physical culture. And an example of physical culture would be the buildings and structures that a society uh, produces. It would be uh, products uh, such as cars uh, uh, that, a, that a culture that would produce the physical culture. And the standard that we use to measure the advancement of a culture compared to any other culture is the amount of uh, the betterment it has given to its individual members of its society. And clearly, Western culture has far outstripped all others, having really produced the major portion of goods and services that has brought betterment to the world. And now we can, we can, we should now probably ask ourselves, uh, rhetorically of course, uh, why it is that Western society produces the most advancements, generating the generating the, the the most betterment in its physical cultures, such as medicine and architecture and and construction of buildings and food and production and and uh, of goods and services and, and a host of just all sorts of things that we produce, and and for the behavioral and, and social social culture culture. Western culture has produced a vast array of services such as banking, internet, informational transfer, and, and so much other uh, services. And within the, the Western service-oriented society, its production of financial investment and other knowledge-based services is, 
is the best throughout the world. So, so let's ask. What attributes of Western culture allow us to produce more betterment than any other culture throughout the world and indeed throughout all of history? Well, is the amount of respect that we produce for the individuals in our society. And the more respect that we produce for, our, for the individuals in, in our society the more we will be able to produce goods and services and the more betterment will accrue to the individuals of the society. And, and why is this? It is because, you know, yeah, why, why, why does it re specifically respect facilitate this? And it's because respect comes from the consideration of the importance of others with whom you want to cooperate. It has been evolutionarily important that individuals cooperate in society to be able to produce things. And, and evolution produced respect which allows uh, aggression to subside um, uh, when, we're, when you deal with other individuals. And especially when you end uh, the reduction of, of aggression and the in introduction of respect allows us to cooperate. And we cooperate in order to produce goods and services. And we produce goods and services in order to bring betterment into our life and bring us up away from misery. <coughs> so the attribute of respect appears in any species of life that needs to cooperate with each other in order to function and promote its own better, better, betterment. Uh, of course, uh, humans have evolved to be the most cooperative and thus have the greatest ca capacity for respect. Uh, further, Western culture has produced an environment to induce respect amongst the individuals of its society. Thus, those societies in Western culture that have uh, allowed respect of the individuals to proliferate are those societies that have become the wealthiest and have produced the greatest amount of betterment for the individuals. Initially, the, the great action of, of Western culture that produced respect for the individual started with the Magna Carta in 1215. The Magna Carta uh, protected basic human rights, uh, life, liberty, and property, and, and thus generates the respect of other persons, goods, and services. And private property al allows the, the goods and services of the individual to accrue to that individual's betterment. Previous to the Magna Carta, everything was within the king's domain. After the Magna Carta, there came other great documents that allowed societies to cooperate, further allowing individuals to prosper, such as the, the Constitution of the United States. This document allows for private property, not just a land-owning gentry, uh, uh, as the Magna Carta did, but allows the, the common men, previously known as serfs or peasants, also to own property, to cooperate and further his betterment. It caused government to have more respect of the individual, and thus the government, which formerly was a, a king or a 
queen became more respectful of the individual and his private property, which includes his investments in his labor and in his production of his goods and services. Once there is established between the government, or the king and queen, and the individual, there accrues a respect that allows individuals to prosper and an incentive begins to increase in the lives of the individuals furthering prosperity of the society. Once these ingredients within society are established, the ingredients strive to create betterment and produce a great culture. Other uh, societies of the world uh, were uh, dilatory in creating an atmosphere or environment that enables the production of cooperation to accelerate through the proliferation of respect. And any, and, and, and any other society that tends toward the totalitarian, such as those of, of Islam, will not produce as much respect of the individual. And Islam produces a total disrespect of, of the unbelieving individuals, not of Islam, and therefore uh, Islamic cultures cannot produce as much cooperation and ergo the Islamic society will not produce as much knowledge and and thus it doesn't produce as many goods and services that the western culture has which accrues to the betterment of the individuals within uh, within our society Uh, this is because the society of Islam produces little respect for its social uh, individuals but it concentrates on producing respect for the laws and regulations produced inside the Quran and the Hadith which are the sayings of Muhammad, all consumed with the individual's relationship with the one and only God. Thus, its accentuation and emphasis is on the individual's adherence to the word of Allah as as noted by the Quran and the Hadith. Uh, Therefore, the cooperation between individuals does not proliferate as well and as fast as Western culture. And the same was true for any other totalitarian society such as that of uh, Lenin and Stalin in the Soviet Union or or Mao in China or Pol Pot in Cambodia or uh, any of those societies uh, that are of totalitarian origin. The communist societies concentrated on the individual's relationship with the all-consuming and all-present government. And uh, we note that... uh, the more the Islamic society adheres strictly and, and fundamentally to the Quran, the more it is inherently poor in its production of goods and services, unless it happens to be blessed with great natural resources. Uh, the, these totalitarian societies, whether communist or Islamic, never produced many goods and services nor knowledge. And, uh, and they, in order to get that knowledge, they had to, to buy it or steal it, or, uh, and which is what they did. On the other hand, Western, uh, Western societies, due to the Western culture, is, is governed by the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition, which places no cons- restraint on individuals between, uh, no, no restraint on the cooperation uh, between individuals. 
as it makes a, a separate requirement for the individual's relationship with God. As Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things which are uh, God's. To sum up, those societies that allow for private property and the ownership of one's efforts and allows for, for the will to cooperate, to proliferate to the greatest extent, will prosper to the greatest extent. Thus, the, the study of Western culture at, at centers of learning uh, should be first and foremost the study of, of anything, of anything else. And uh, so, let's ask Rick: Should the should the study of Western culture be requisite at the universities? Should it be first and foremost in in the university's priorities? Rick, what do you think? I believe so. I believe uh, return to a more formal, uh, certainly initial set of studies um, at the college level, as it used to be a number of years ago, uh, is urgent. Um, if only because colleges uh, should be in the business of producing responsible citizens. And responsible citizens require a certain basic understanding of what has made the uh, United States in particular and more broadly uh, Western civilization successful. And, you know, the subjects are complex, but the obvious ones that are absolutely essential are an understanding of the rule of law, the understanding, an understanding of representative uh, democracy and practice, uh, an understanding of the scientific method uh, as it developed within the West, um, an understanding of, of the history of the country, more broadly Western civilization that, that got us to where we are, and obviously certain of the mistakes along the way uh, that we wouldn't want to repeat. Um, and, you know, beyond that, a, a firm grasp of, of basic scientific and mathematical concepts so, so that you can operate in a in the world we have today. Hey, what about we, um, Far Eastern societies? Uh, they've started to produce a, um, a great amount of, uh, of goods and services and production and, and, uh, and knowledge, especially in Japan, uh, over the last hundred years. Um, should they be included in this? Well, they... they yeah, uh, yes, yes, because they've adopted, in many cases, the techniques uh, developed in the West at, at an earlier stage. I mean, the development of their universities, uh, the development of their uh, research and development um, uh, facilities, and that includes the universities as well as uh, corporate entities and, and so forth. These mimic um, what was developed in the West, you know, X number of years earlier. Um, and so to the extent that they've learned the value of those techniques and, you know, exploited them, uh, and, and rightly so, uh, it, you know, it's no surprise that Japan and, and other parts of Asia are, you know, catching up, if not surpassing um, certain countries in the West, uh, most obviously in Europe. That's true. Uh, uh, Japan certainly has uh, followed uh, Western tradition since uh 
the opening of uh, since yeah, since really uh, the opening of Japan in, back in the 1860s by Admiral Perry, uh, they've uh, totally transformed their society and, and included many of the values that operate here within the Western society, and thus has been a, they've, they've been able to uh, acquire great wealth. Uh, so really, their their values are the same. What about China? Well, China uh, is, a, is a mixed system. You have still this oligarchy at the top, um, which is highly politicized. However, at the, at the level of the functioning of the economy, there is, within China, quite a bit of freedom to set up and fund businesses. And, of course, they, they comprise by far the largest number of students studying in the United States and have acquired, you know, over generations now, a vast amount of knowledge, um, knowledge transfer, frankly, and many have taken jobs in the, in the U.S. and then gone back to China. Uh, you find time and time again that certain of the successful Chinese companies mimic, you know, technological companies found in the United States, and there's, that's no accident. Hey, so where they managed to copy copy us, uh, particularly in the development of technological knowledge, they prospered. Yeah, so let's, I, 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 that statement just made me think of Russia as a, there's an enigma. Uh, where are they going to go? What's, they should have prospered more than they have, I would think. What do you think? Well, uh, I think if communism had never intervened, uh, Russia would be a far more powerful country than it is today. The natural resources are unmatched, obviously. Um, the university system, their Moscow University is, is prestigious, but there isn't the, for lack of a better term, installed base of educational excellence in Russia that you, that you would find, for example, in China. Uh, there aren't enough universities. They aren't big enough. They aren't doing enough cutting-edge work. They're doing it in selected areas. Um, and so they really haven't joined the fray uh, to the extent of exchanging information, scientific breakthroughs, to anywhere near the degree that Chinese, Japanese, British, German, French, American, Canadian uh, universities have, uh, and it's all, it's it's held them back. I agree. Uh, they haven't really reached out and become cooperative with the West to the extent that free trade would would be uh, openly available, and uh, so I think that's that's held them back. Uh, it uh, seems to be an oligarchic government uh, that almost fascist in the sense that it controls the upper echelon of of, of companies and uh, although it seems to let be the lower echelons of, of companies so once it totally becomes invested in a total in a good system of property rights and then opens up free trade I think then it'll become 
a tremendously great country and, and it'll up its stature in the world economy last thoughts uh, well I, I think it's the undermining of western culture at the university level is more insidious than it, it first appears I, I think there is a deliberate effort to de-emphasize the importance of Western contributions and to overemphasize this kind of multicultural grab bag of beliefs and theories and what have you and sources of literature that are, are representative of, you know, smaller and less consequential civilizations. And, I, you know, I see this with my uh, daughter's Know, initial course at, at Whitman, which uh, of course features Marx and nothing about uh, Schumpeter, for example, or Adam Smith. So here you have students reading about you know a failed system, a grossly failed economic system, and knowing comparatively little about um, the Western economy and capitalist economy that's made it so successful. And you see this pattern over and over again where uh, you know, for all kinds of politically correct and uh, identity-related, uh, cultural identity-related reasons, you know, the, the 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 fundamental knowledge that describes the success of the West across many um, vectors, if you will, is being chipped away. Okay, Rick, uh, thanks for uh, for joining us, and uh, we'll see. You everybody next week on another episode of the Philosophical Angle Program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.